The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. They tell you what they know. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. The podcast that you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, Try look at that. There we go. Look at Jerry getting Do fancy. we sound better now? Well, it will, I think. Okay. Oh. Plug <laughs> it in. There. Yeah. Test, test, one, two, one, two. Let's That's my. Oh. Wow. There we go. Was was Jerry a, a good boy at the dentist today? <laughs> he was. All right. <laughs> Whoa. Oh. He accidentally clicked out. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Reynolds, our old pal, the OG... I mean, name a role within the Kings organization. He did it at one point. Mm, he, okay. I, I don't know if he actually was a janitor or anything I like that. I was going to mention, or, or the even po- an the popcorn em- person. Or an ambassador. Mm. Because I think Jerry actually would have executed all these jobs at a very <laughs> high level. You were great at everything, Jerry. Well, the, the job I really wanted and never got was to be Slampson. Oh. But, uh, you know... <laughs> You know, by the by the time you know, I, you know, it took a little more athleticism than I had by the, you yeah. know, but uh, and, and I will say this uh, seriously, I I think Slamson is the best mascot in the league. I have for years, and and I mean he he's and I've seen them all. Yeah, you know, I've, I've seen them all, but uh, I mean Kings fans, I know appreciate him and, and and really enjoy him, but they don't totally know just how good he is I, I, you know i'm glad we're starting there Jerry. this is actually going to be the whole podcast because <laughs> let's break down slamson i agree yeah we're, we're not talking about keegan murray and the kings and the offseason we're going to spend some time talking about slamson um no honestly slamson is so elite and i think what makes him special jerry is his ability he doesn't have to rely on like jumping through fire Mm-mm. or crazy like he's just really good at strutting around and you could read what he's saying without him. T- he's the best mime out there. That's what I was going to say. So obviously <laughs> mime work, there's a lot of facial expression, a lot of different type of body language. But I feel like Slamson does such a fantastic <laughs> job of shaking his hips, really using his arms, utilizing whatever body part he can do to make you feel a certain emotion. And usually that emotion is like, oh, we're this is exciting. This is making me feel better. We are so on board with Slamson as the best mascot out there. Well, good. We're all in agreement. And like I say, I, I came to appreciate him, you know, even more during the real bad years, Oh, you know, because he was good every night when the team was crappy and, you know, you could, en- I mean, really, and yeah. you could enjoy him every night <laughs> when you couldn't possibly enjoy the team. And, uh, you know, now the team's good, it, it probably makes his work a little easier. So, uh, we may have to uh, to tell, tell the ownership to maybe cut his salary a little bit. Now that <laughs> team is... Okay, Jerry, if this Lampson retires ever, so like this Lampson, like, oh, he dies off, like this, he's gone, you know? Yeah. Okay. Do they have to do a new mascot costume outfit thing for mm. the new person that's I actually, in there? I actually like that idea. Yeah. I think they should. Yeah. I really do. Okay. Actually, they actually they ought to hang a jer- hang a 
oh. hang a lion fur up there or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you know, really, who's had, you know, brought more joy than he has over the years, more so than any player, oh. really. <laughs> but so anyway, uh, yeah, but I do. I think it'd be almost disrespectful to have another lion. You Great. know, you can come up with some other yeah. You know, other uh, uh, character, I think. Well, the good news, Slamson's still in his prime. I don't think we have to worry about that for a while. He's got some good years yeah. left, yeah. You know, uh, but he's like an athlete, man, when it starts going. Ooh. You know, he may only have three or four top years, and uh, we see a slippage, we'll have to we'll have to tell him. Yeah, we'll have to start looking. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the next mascot would be. We'd have to come up with that. Jerry, it's been too long since we talked to you. We miss you. And, you know, it's crazy. King season is almost here. But last year was so fun. And I'm curious from your perspective, totally different perspective than you've been used to over most of your career. You get to enjoy it at home. If the game is bad, you could just turn it off if you mm. want. But last year, there wasn't a lot of turning off the game. What made last year special in your eyes? Well, as you said, I mean, you know, it, it was such a fun team to watch. And I honestly, I don't know when, you know, I have to go back to 98 or 99 when the team turned to where I I look forward to games so much you know I'd I'd be in front of my TV waiting for the game you know and uh, uh, couldn't wait you know basically uh, and watch the whole thing I mean I don't think I ever turned off the team this year and, and I think a lot of it besides you know obviously they got some talented players but they were really unselfish. Yes. I don't think there's ever been a Kings team this unselfish. I really mean that. And certainly we've had some that were unselfish teams, but this, this uh, I thought was just remarkable and, and really a big reason why they were able to do what they did because uh, as good as their talent was, I'm not sure it was quite as good as how they performed. Yeah. That's, you know, you talk about them being unselfish and, how fun that is to watch around the league, right? I mean, think about all the times when we were talking about the Golden State Warriors and how they've obviously having Steph and Clay and everyone executing the final play, making the shot. It's fun to see. Offense is sexy. We get it. But really seeing that style come from a team and a team that you weren't expecting it from. Now, I know it's a little bit of both. Obviously, Mike Brown, the way that he coaches and the players and the talent that they have on the squad. But where do you see that that unselfishness really, really excelled? You know, I, I thought a lot of it came from uh, Sabonis, to be honest. I, I think, you know, he's so he's a kind of a one of one, obviously, a lot like Jokic. He's not nearly as good as Jokic. We all know that. But uh, but his you know, they just, when they run the offense through him. And I mean, I'll say this for the guy, I've never seen a big set so many good screens mm. per game. I mean, screening is a skill and, and he's the best in the league, the absolute best in the league. And uh, like I say, just, uh, they were able, and then plus his stamina. Have you ever seen a big uh, run the floor as hard as he does every play every night? Uh, I, I'm just, taken aback. I've said many times, I mean, he certainly doesn't have the talent of Chris Weber, but actually he he's as productive in a different way, maybe more productive in a different way. So, uh, so I think it starts there. And then the fact that when you're two stars, Sabonis and Fox are such high class people, you know, I mean, you're, you're not talking about uh, I need to be traded or I need to be used different or I need this and I need that. Uh, you know, it, it's really refreshing in, in 2023 for sure. As we see most teams don't have that uh, luxury. Yeah. You talk about Sabonis kind of setting this, the standard out there with how he plays. It's, it's really impressive because I, I think the rest of the team feeds off that too. Like even with the Kings shortcomings defensively that we'll talk about later, I don't think we ever watched the Kings this year and thought they lost because of a lack of effort. Like Sabonis plays 110% all the time. He had the hand injury. He could have had surgery. He decides not to get it. And I feel like those things, it's almost unspoken leadership. It's like, no, this is just what I do out there. I go out there. I'm one of the best guys. If I'm playing this hard, everybody can play this hard. 
Oh, I think so. I think there is a carryover, you know, and I, I just like unselfishness, you know, it, it makes guys who normally might be looking for their own stats a little less likely when, when other people are looking for them. And so there's a, a you know, carryover. And I think a lot of it goes back to the coach. I think Mike Brown, you know, they couldn't have hired a more perfect guy for this team. And certainly he was wise enough to see how Sabonis should be and could be used, which is a little bit out of the box. Uh, I wasn't surprised with that because I'd watched Sabonis a lot in Indiana for a lot of different reasons. And, 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 you know, I saw his skills. I mean, you know, yeah. it's like, you know, people saying, Oh, just, it's kind of like Sabonis became good when he got here. No, he was really good there. <laughs> really good. And, uh, so, so anyway, it's a combination of things, but yeah, you know, with, with the leadership of the Kings now, Monty McNair has just done a, I think a, a marvelous job. You know, I think he's got a lot of the same great characteristics that Jeff Petrie had, you know, uh, of course, Princeton guys, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they don't say anything without thinking that through, you know, as opposed to people like us where we just <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> Uh, it's it's no i think that's a it's a great point because i've been telling deuce this i think when i mean obviously all of us have been watching this team covering this team over these last few years and even before this regime it always felt like like even vlade like he wanted to bring in nice guys and it seemed like there was nice guys but there wasn't enough nasty on the floor right where yeah. what I feel like has what Monty McNair's been able to do is find those nice guys, like good people, but then they're willing to be nasty on the floor. They're willing to do whatever it takes to get that playing time, to make each other better. Um, they they have these different type of mindsets and in the type of person he goes for, he's very consistent with. And I think that alone has not only been obviously special for these players to play with, but I think for us watching, I think that's made it a little bit more fun too. Oh, couldn't agree more. And, you know, I think he, you know, Monty, no question, and his staff really have a good feel for putting a team together. You know, I mean, and and that's a big part of it. I mean, you always want a team with chemistry, but it helps if you actually add guys that you are pretty confident would, would be that type of player. You know, and, and, and Mo, you make a great point on this. Uh, you want good, nice young men uh, on off the floor and before the game and after. And you need a little shitbird yes. once the game starts. Yep. And, and, and I think, you know, we've got some pretty tough buckaroos and, uh, you know, and could stand a couple more, by the way. But that's, sure. that, but, but that's, that's you've got to have that. You know, I mean, you've got to have that. And I would say that when the ball goes up, your personality has to change. Uh, you can be, a, you know, you ought to be a good sportsman before and after, but during the game, uh, you gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you might hurt somebody's feelings. You I just agree. might. Yeah. I, I, I also love what Mike Brown's done to kind of reshape this culture pretty fast. You know what I mean? And we, we hear that so much, like we gotta change the culture. We gotta do this. I felt like Mike Brown did a great job of like, no, I'm I'm coaching these guys. We're going to have accountability, but we're going to be together. And one thing that he had talked about was the fact that he could coach because he could coach Fox and Sabonis so hard, it allowed him to coach everybody else that way. And so it's crazy like how important everything is. Like we talk about Monty McNair and bringing in the right guys and it's up to the coach to be able to put something together that is credible and then the players to buy in so you need all of that to come together and i felt like it came together fast i i thought this chemistry with it well, with a new group and a new coaching yeah. staff really came together fast what well, sure did you know and you make a good point you know we all here to change a culture you about want to spin oh. up sometimes yeah we heard know? that a lot like, over the years <laughs> uh, and and i you know over the years i i think the best way to change a culture is win yeah that, that's the best way. But I'll say this for, for Mike Brown. I thought one of the greatest things I, you know, was starting off 0 and 4. I wasn't sure, you know, I mean, really, uh, you know, he hung with things and stayed with guys. And uh, of course, I think he had the knowledge and confidence that it was going to turn and it did. But I think there would, would be some coaches 
especially, you know, in their first stint, might have panicked and changed lineups and all that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, obviously you, the, the players themselves are always more important than probably the coach, but but the coach is very important, and Mike Brown is – he deserved everything he got, I'll tell you that. He, he There's no doubt he was coach of the year. So who is Jerry Reynolds' favorite Sacramento Kings player right now? Mm. Of all time? No, no, no. The, Just this of current this team? current team. Okay. Oh, this current team. Oof. Well, I probably – it's hard to say. You know, I think it could be Keegan Murray. Oh! Uh, it could okay. be Keegan Murray, but it's getting close, you yeah. know. I, uh, I just like the kid. I just love the way he plays and, his, you know, how he controls his emotions and, and all. I think there's a, a – I loved his game in college, you know, and uh, I just, you know, like I've said before, and, and I, I think on the Kings Herald, I, I said, uh, I think Keegan is a better, was a better rookie than Paige Stoyakovich. Uh-huh. And, you know, and people say, "Wow, well, he." Well, I said, "Look at the stats." Yeah, he, he Keegan was better this year on a on a more of a winner than Pager was as a rookie, or even in his second year. Wow, uh, and he he still didn't have the year that Keegan had this year. Now, is Keegan going to be better than Page in five years? I, I wouldn't say that. Okay, but uh, I wouldn't say that he won't be either. Yeah, and, you know, looking at the California Classic, I mean. I know if uh, if Wimbanyana had played in it, he'd been the second best player in in it. <laughs> How's that? I, yeah, like, I like that. Yeah, I like but it. but I mean, yeah, I, I just I just I I think the world of the kid, and, and you can clearly see how the fans, you know, the Keegan Murray, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's so neat. Now, of course, I I I, I just admire Sabonis so much just because of all the things we've already said. And then with Fox, I I really do believe, and I I got I I got into a little trouble, and I shouldn't have. I'd, I'd made a statement about Fox. I said he's he will be the best guard in Sacramento Kings history. Well, I, 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 there's no doubt in my mind that's going to be the case. And I had you know some fans they didn't pay very close attention. They said, "You mean to tell me that you know you don't remember Oscar Robertson?" Or oh. Oscar? I said, <laughs> "I said, look, I'm not comparing." I will never compare anybody to Oscar Robertson. Yeah. And that includes De'Aaron Fox. But Oscar played for the Cincinnati. Thank Royals. you, Jerry. He, we don't, we don't, he it, did this, not we're talking about Sacramento. Sacramento Kings. Yeah. And, and I'd have a tough time even saying, you know, Nate Archibald, uh, who played for the Kansas City Kings, because yeah. I remember Nate at his sure. best. And, and Nate at his best so far was better than De'Aaron's been. Wow. But I think, but Nate, you know, injuries. Uh, took a toll on him and hopefully that won't be the case with De'Aaron but anyway I'll stand with Sacramento Kings De'Aaron will be the best by far and maybe creep into Nate Archibald ter- territory but but De'Aaron no Oscar Robertson no sure no. Uh, yeah we don't, don't count those in the Sacramento era so you're talking about just guards period you're not you're so you're yeah. even with Mitch and yeah wow. yes, well, yes. Why- even with Mitch uh you know, Reggie Theus was a terrific talent. I mean, uh, gosh, I mean, Bibby, Jay Will, I mean, you know, whoever yeah. you want to talk about, but I, I think he, he, he'll surpass those guys. What he has in most cases has already. What elevates him in your mind? Like, well, what's, why is he, what that separates for you? him? Yeah. yeah. Well, his, you know, his speed and quickness is just off the charts. And, and I mean, he's one of those guys I've always said that between the free throw lines, he creates numbers because he's going to get past somebody, uh, you know, he's just faster. And so, you know, and then the, his ability and he's, I thought used it this year. We'd, we'd even talked about it in the past of his ability to just the defenders will give him so much space because he's so quick and fast. They'll give him the 15 foot shot. Hmm. And, and we saw that in clutch time so much. In other words, uh, just the threat of him getting all the way to the basket. And Nate Archibald was like that. I always yeah. remember that. I mean, Nate was one of the guys that big guys had to about break their ankles getting backwards because Nate, and then he'd stop on a dime and knock down whatever he wanted. And then Darren has that same ability where the defenders just have to give him a lot of space 
you know, much like a great wide receiver in, in football, uh, that they can always, uh, you know, take the eight yard gain, you know, because of all the space and, and, uh, yeah, remarkable, remarkable speed and quickness and shooting's getting better. Yeah. You know, shooting, shoot. He's a good playmaker, but he's not really a play. He's a scorer who can make plays. Yeah. And, and I think that that is the part of the game, you know, that Mike Brown has allowed him to flourish in, I think, which is very important. I think, too, one of the things we've talked about is, yeah, his speed is crazy, but his change of speed now, like he could slow you down. And it, that's jarring for a defender, a guy that can speed you up like crazy, can blow by you, but can also slow down and create. And th that was something he's kind of, perfected over the last couple of seasons yeah you know it is it, it's been a work in progress i think and we've seen every year you know kind of something added to his game i, I thought last year a lot of it just came together and as you pointed out i mean yeah he's very comfortable uh you know in situations where he's got to go get a shot uh you know that he, he's got the floater uh you know he's able to finish at the basket so much better and uh you know, and I think, too, I thought spent a lot of his time in earlier years kind of begging for calls, mm. uh, you know. I mean, then, you know, you're always going to beg for calls, but he but he spends more time or less time doing that and, and more time just finishing. He was, like, looking, I mean, obviously young, but looking for the foul rather than looking to finish early on in his career. And then finally, when he wasn't getting the respect that he deserved, he fought back a little bit like this last year. And I like I appreciated that because it's like, yeah, you're doing everything you can do now in your power to do the right thing. And if they're not doing their job, sure, then you can bitch back, do what you want to do. But you know, talking about what separates him and what elevates him over all these guards in, you know, King's history and everything. Uh, you mentioned him being clutch. And I know we keep talking about his speed to stop pop, get where he wants. But truly, Jerry, the fact that at the end of the game, for the most part, you know that the ball is going to be in his hands. And he's still able this whole last year, even with film on him and everything, was able to get what he wanted I mean, and, and make the shot too. finally finish the shot this last year, too. I mean, that just takes a whole different mindset. That's a whole different mentality. Yeah, it really is. And, and uh, the other part is that, you know, it's one thing about mindset and all that, but he had the ability to do it. Yes. You know, I mean, I was, of course, I'm old enough to remember you know, Michael Jordan, and I'm not comparing him to Michael Jordan, don't get me wrong, but, but I mean, he's kind of a mini version because late in games, I mean, Michael could get what he wanted, when he wanted, how he wanted, and you knew what he's going to do and you couldn't do a damn thing about it. Mm. Uh, and yet he was, he was unselfish in those times. He would give the ball up if he needed to, to help win. Well, De'Aaron's the same way. He's not selfish. He's going to take, you know, he's going out there to, to take a shot if it's there and really make the defense react to him, take over the game. And then maybe the other part of it is, you know, here again, Coach Brown, Sabonis, all these guys, the coach knows hey, this is Fox time. We're putting the ball in his hands. And the other players, hey, we want the ball in his hands. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and you can't, you know, you it just can't work if you don't have that. And and they And they clearly have that. I want to go back to talking about Keegan for a second because you said he might be your favorite Kings player right now. He had a really fun rookie year, and we've talked about how valuable the experience for him was last year because most lottery picks, and we've seen in Sacramento, go into losing situations. They lose a lot of games. Or if you're on a good team, you're probably not playing a lot. Well, he's a lottery pick that was starting, played in the playoffs, got better toward the end of the playoffs against the Golden State Warriors. What... What type of upside do you see in his game? Like, what what stands out to you and maybe makes you believe that he could turn into a very, very good player in the NBA? Well, I think you you hit on it a little bit. You know, I'll go back to the fact when we first, like, saw him in summer league as a rookie. And early on in summer league, he wasn't very good. And as the summer league went on, he got better. And by the end of summer league, he was quite good, you know. And then last year at the start of the season, 
he struggled, you know, he'd go games without a rebound and people, there'd be some murmuring, well, I don't know, yeah, blah, blah, exactly. But as the year went along, he, he just got better and better and better. And then the same thing with the playoffs, you know, start off maybe a little, you know, playoffs are different. You know, it's a lot more physical as we see the refs let stuff go, which I like, by the way, yes. makes a better game really. But, uh, but he struggled early. And then as the thing went on, he, he was getting better while others maybe weren't. And, uh, and I think that's his, to me, that's, that's it. I mean, if he can just continue to do that. And then we saw in the California classic, he was trying to do things that he hadn't done before Oof. and he did them and yeah. he did them. And, uh, so, so that, I think there's just so many reasons, but I, I think it goes back to the fact that the guy kind of gets it. Okay. This, uh, this, you know, and not looking for somebody to blame uh, or point for, you know, okay, I've, I've, I've got to do more of this. And, uh, you know, like I say, he went from being a terrible rebounder to pretty good. And, and so that's, uh, yeah. anyway, not to be, I'm not with to you. be positive about. I'm with you. Cause Morgan, that's one thing with Keegan is you think about how productive he was last year as pretty much a catch and shoot guy. Right. And he set the rookie record for threes. If he just adds a little more to his game, if he could put the ball on the floor, he could finish inside rebound a little better. You start thinking about what that could mean for the Kings offense. And you got and like we that was already good last year. And we keep mentioning this too. Like in his rookie year, that's what he added as an individual. So not only him as an individual takes, let's say, a leap, but the team takes a leap, adding some of these guys. But this is this is the thing I always go to. Jerry and I mean, tell me if I'm weird or wrong. Um, but well, you are weird. But, I am but weird, yeah, but usually you. right. Glad uh, you said right. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes. Um, I look at I look at this this sophomore year for Keegan, and I go, you know, a lot a lot more teams are going to have this film on him. Are going to are going to know his game a little bit more. I know he's starting to put the ball on the floor, but you know, are they going to find his weakness of which way he likes to go more? All all those little things, and then. I'm curious if his game doesn't take that leap that not only that we all want to see it take our expectations. Are you going to feel disappointed? Are you still going to feel like, okay, this was that, that learning year that he needed to now take a leap? Well, uh, yeah, I, I, I'd be disappointed. Okay. Uh, but I also wouldn't, you know, cash in my chips on him because I mean, a lot of times, as you pointed out, and you're exactly right, is it that that second year uh, guys, believe it or not, the league scouts and they, <laughs> they, they come up with, come up with plans to try to do once they see a player a few times. So I, I, yeah, I think his game, it'll get a little tougher for him to get those spot up threes and things of that nature. Yeah. But uh, so I, Having said all that, I fully expect him to take a leap. And, and uh, of course, I'm one of those that maybe has been a little outspoken, but I think his best position is small forward. Mm. Uh, going forward, that's that's where he's going to really – that's his spot. I mean, I think he, you know, played is playing a little out of position as a four, to be honest with you. He, he did a nice job there. But that's, uh, to me, small forward is where he's going to be. And, and, you know, I think it would be an all-star level small forward but uh this year if he takes a step then you know that's in the in the works if he just kind of levels off doesn't change anything well, i always say i just use Paige as an example i mean pages first to second year he improved but not didn't knock yourself you didn't see several time all-star sure at, at that time you saw oh this kid's gonna be good type thing We've got more with Jer Bear coming up, but we should mention that today's podcast presented by the one and only T.R. Reagan. She's a New York Times bestselling author, and if you like thrillers, well, buckle the hell up. Buckle up. She's dark. She's twisted. You should yeah. read her books, Morgan. Yeah, you probably should read her books. You can find them on Amazon.com or go to trreagan.com. I'm telling you, they are some of the best stories I ever read, and it's weird because it took me 15 years to read them because I was too scared, and now I sleep <laughs> with one eye open. So enjoy. We're also presented today by East Sac Fitness. If you're looking for a place to work out, small, 
boutique gym. Yeah. Well, is that fair to say? That is. You got functional fitness classes mm. and coaches that will guide you through it so you're doing it safely. You don't have to be some weightlifting expert to go there. They also have spin classes, yoga classes, and a recovery room. But that is amazing. Morgan really likes that. I love it. I need to start doing the cold plunge thing more in there, but I keep going to the sauna, so that's really nice. I love East Sac Fist. So, so if you're looking for a place that's like not intimidating, go there. EastSacFitness.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Deuce and Mo, we're on Patreon.com slash Deuce and Mo. Uh, if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash deuce and mo. What do you get? Well, check it out at patreon.com slash deuce and mo because you can get merch discounts. Yeah. We do monthly Q&As and we even drop our interviews a little early. Just a little early. So check it out for all that exclusive content. You're going to what you guys were just talking about with Keegan and defense is playing him differently. I expect that, but I actually think that works better for the Kings offense. Because the team added and yeah. The, 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 the Kings have a lot of offensive firepower. And if you're going to spend less time focusing on Sabonis mm -hmm. and Fox a little bit because you got to worry about Keegan, it's just going to open up things for this offense that's already unselfish. So I think that would be a great thing. And then if he just adds to it, I think he, the, the biggest question I have for him over the next few years is just can he at the small forward spot defend some of these wings at a solid yeah. level, you know, and it's always different for rookies in the NBA, especially defensively. I think he's got the size. I just wonder at times, all right, does he have that lateral quickness to stay with some of these athletic wings? Yeah, I think that'd be my main concern, yeah. to be honest with you. I mean, I think certainly there's some, but there's some guys who are really giving trouble. First of all, a lot of them, and nobody can guard them. True. Uh, but, but I, I mean, I think that would be the thing you'll have to be concerned about. I, I like his length. You know, is uh, shown he can block shots, react well. He's uh, a good team defender, but I think that'll be the the biggest uh, I think challenge for for him. And uh, you know, we'll just have to see. You know, I, I I think the one thing, other thing I'd say about this team going forward, is that the the team really doesn't have a lot of guys that create shots for themselves mm. you know in other words i mean fox uh, monk yep uh, really about the only two guys that you can say for sure can create for themselves i mean sabonis to a lesser degree uh so i i think that would be you know that's what they need well, they need him to maybe be a little hungrier thirstier yes. kind of offensive player i agree with that, that and and it's like run through the motions right that's what i like about mike brown is that he's like Sabonis and Fox have the freedom to do what they want on offense. The rest of you run my damn play, run my damn action, like run all the way through sprint through, don't walk through, go with, uh, it, you know, an in, intention, purpose, yeah. a purpose. Yes. Um, and I think that alone will help this team, uh, with, with having that issue of not having a whole bunch of creators, but then at the same time too, having so many weapons, Sasha Vizenkov. I mean, we haven't really Ooh, talked about him Jerry, with you. I'm and, excited about Sasha. We are excited about yeah. Sasha. I think everyone is. Um, what are you looking forward to the most? I, I, well, I think he's going to be an all rookie. I yeah. really do. I mean, he's a, you know, he's, he's got the body of work to prove that. I, I mean, I think that I'd be surprised if he's not, the starter in uh, playing big minutes. Uh, of course, you know, I'm like everybody else. I got an opinion. I, I think the sooner they probably get Keegan and, and Sasha on the floor at the same time, have a uh, Harrison as a, as off the bench is a really terrific. Cause I mean, he's a great team guy. Yeah. can play two spots. It helped his career going forward have more years, uh, I think the team will be better. I, I really, uh, it, I know it's a little funny, but you know, this team was terrific offensively 
and and not very good defensively. And everybody, including myself, wanted to you know kind of get more physical guy you know up front, this that and the other. And I I know I'm confident they tried, but you can't get something if they don't want to give it to you. <laughs> or and so in my mind, what they've done, and I think it's it may turn out to be semi geniuses. Like they're saying, well, we were really about the best offensive team in the league last year. Now we'll be better. We'll just score more. <laughs> and and our defense doesn't have to, you know, if the defense just stays the same or gets slightly better, uh, we're, we're a real serious contender in the West. And, yeah. I, and I believe that'll be the case. I, I just think Sasha, you know, and of course, hopefully the improvement uh, from Keegan really makes this team better. And then of course you're always hoping for something from Duarte and uh, improvement otherwise. So yeah, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think for sure uh, we'll make them more exciting. I think Sasha, I just watched him, uh, you know, some European stuff guy can really shoot, man. I mean, quick release. Yeah. He's a, you know, there's a little bit of Chris Mullen in there. I mean, and I don't mean to, you know, tamp it down a little bit out there but yeah. but i mean the guy the guy's a lefty that can really shoot the ball deep and shoot it quick yeah i look at sasha and I, i'm not trying to overhype it either i just think bare minimum he's going to be a really good fit because in this league if you can have a guy who could shoot it well from the perimeter who has size and high basketball IQ moves without the ball. I go, he's just a perfect fit. Like he at bare minimum, he's going to be a good role player for this team. And, and and that to me is an upgrade from what they had last year. And then defensively I'm with you. I think that was their strategy is like, look, we're just going to add more shooting. Then if we can't check all the boxes, what can we do? Well, you need shooting in this league. Everyone wants to talk about defense and I'm not trying to diminish defense, but we know a lot of good defensive players who don't play in the playoffs because what? Oh, they can't shoot. And then they don't get guarded. So I think the, the the thought is, can this team with high basketball IQ guys on the squad in a second year with Mike Brown be better defensively? And the, the number that I want to throw at you, Jerry, is they were eighth in defensive rating on the road last year, which is crazy. And they were 27th at home. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. That doesn't make sense to me. But my... I also look at it where I saw better stretches of them in the playoffs too. They weren't soft, mm-hmm. you know, that seven game series against the Warriors. They weren't making shots like they were mm-hmm. used to, you know, in fact, they were really cold, but they stayed in the game because, you know, except game seven, they rebounded. All right. And they, they played hard and, and played well defensively. I, I, I kind of think they can make a jump. What do you make of the whole defensive rating on the road versus home thing from last year? Well, I've, I've never, heard of anything like that you know? <laughs> thank you it's weird i mean really i honestly i mean this team truly was better on the road i've never you know yeah and i think that's why you can be in reason you can be optimistic is because i don't know that they can be that good on the road next year but i'm confident they'll be better at home and uh, you know and so that, that gives them all kinds of opportunities but yeah they as you pointed out i thought defensively in the playoffs they were a lot better uh, of course part of it is and so were the warriors for that matter uh, because they they let you yeah uh, you know the physicalness of the game so so that's part of it but uh definitely uh the team got better i think you know mike brown's you know doing what he can do there you know you don't have you know bill russell on your team or <laughs> yeah. uh, so you know you've got to just kind of do with what you do but we're we're i think the other thing amazing about this team i'd always said you can't run if you're taking the ball out of bounds. Well, I found out you can't <laughs> because they did that. I mean, they were so good mm-hmm. at getting the ball up and attacking after made baskets. And of course, they, you know, thank God they were because they got a lot of made baskets on them. <laughs> but and uh, you know, but they they just ran it right up your throat. You know, every possession. I've never seen a team better at that. And I think, I think too, like, like you just said, that being something that they're really good at. And let's say, let's say somehow their defense does translate into more stops this year. And I know we're talking about individuals right now. We're like, can Keegan Murray guard a three? You know, what, what leap is he going to take there? Uh, Sasha, what is he going to look like defensively? I think we keep overlooking as a whole, because this conversation has happened so many times. What about the Kings defense? Biggest question, Kings defense. 
what about the team defense taking this leap? And I think the importance of this team defense and when other organizations just throw that out there, like we want to have a good team defense. If you don't have the buy-in from everyone, if you don't have the right coaching staff, you're not going to get that shit. So with this team and this coaching staff going into year two, when we saw improvement all the way to the end in the postseason with this King squad, if you're not chopping your feet out there, if you're not two steps over and understanding the geometry of the floor, communicating, like that's not going to fly this year. And everyone hopefully is going to take that step uh, with, with, the team defense, that's where my expectations are. Am I too optimistic? No, I, I that would be mine. I mean, I think, and you know, really adding Sasha is not going to make you better defensively necessarily. Uh, but as I think Deuce pointed out, I mean, he's a smart guy and uh, he, he has a great instincts for the game and, and that's a big part of it. And, uh, you know, my only thought there is I, I just think as we go, if the more Sasha plays or, or this or that, I, I really think a zone is something that uh, Coach Brown ought to consider a little more. You know, they played it some, uh, but I, I just think that that's one of those things. If nothing else, it'll help you uh, get out on the break quicker after misses. You know, the, the floor is set up better. Uh, so little things, you know, in other words, it may be, you know, a little tempo change, little, you know, a little five minutes here, a little – you know, then, but, but you just idea of a team without really stoppers defensively, other than, you know, uh, Davion, uh, you, you've got to kind of be a little creative there defensively like you are on offense. Yeah. That's interesting because I feel like in the last couple of years, more and more teams are playing zone. Miami does a lot of it. Mm -hmm. We saw a little bit from Sacramento, but it, it, it's turned into a thing where coaching staffs are like, you know what? This might be a good way to disrupt the opposing team yes. for a couple of minutes. And if it once it starts biting you in the ass a little bit, you can switch back or whatever. But I do think throwing some zone, especially when you're not a great lock, you don't have a whole bunch of great lockdown defenders, is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, as, as you said, I mean, you're seeing more teams go to that a little bit and some having success. I mean, you, it's like anything, you have to kind of, everybody buy in including yeah. the coaching staff and players and i don't think you can play 48 minutes of zone in nba players just too good but but i think it's a you know it's a tempo change just something that all of a sudden the guys on the other team see something they're not used to you know they want to come down and screen and roll or draw and kick well maybe it now all of a sudden that's a little harder to do and uh or, or get the ball in the middle now it's harder to do uh, you know, if just a few possessions while they're figuring it out may make the difference. I wanted to ask you about the Kings offense going into this season because obviously they were so good last year. They were number one in the NBA. You know, the offensive rating stuff gets wild. It seems like every year the team at the top of the NBA is the best <laughs> offense ever. It's like, but okay, throw that aside. They were really, really elite offense last year. Come the playoffs teams will expose your weaknesses, mm -hmm. right? They played off Sabonis. They were physical. They beat him up. They took away the dribble handoff game. How how much should the Kings take away from that and go, okay, maybe we need to diversify a little bit in the regular season. So come playoff time, when we're faced with this, it doesn't throw us off. And before you answer, the other thing I'd mention is there's so much about quick decisions, right? 0.5, make a decision, in the playoffs, you could tell they were thinking a little more because they were getting different looks. So how important is it for them to kind of diversify in the regular season? Well, I think they, uh, I think you make a great point there. I mean, I think they have to have, uh, you know, a little different mindset to realize, well, you know, when it comes to playoffs, you're playing somebody seven times. They're, they're going to know what you're doing. Yeah. And they're going to know what you want to do. They And their preparation is different than playing Denver one night and Indiana the next night, uh, you know, during the regular season. So, so I, I you know, it's like the Sabonis thing. I, I just thought, honestly, I, I'll second guess here. Uh, but, you know, the dribble handball, as you, were, you alluded to, was just taken away. And, and I just wanted them to play more screen role. Mm. Uh, because if they had done that, it had been really hard for Looney just to lay back in there. Yes. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, just, you know, you, you get a lot of screen rolls and all of a sudden you're, you're making loony play and you're probably forcing Curry and those guys to play more. Uh, 
And so that yeah, just a little thought there, but yeah. I think there's, you know, there's things that can be done. Uh, you know, of course, Sabonis should have really shot the ball. Take more. that mid range shot. Uh, Take it. Yeah. Just, yeah. And he makes it. Yeah, I mean, he's a good, he's, yeah. it's like, well, he's a 78% free throw shooter. And actually he really not bad from three. He's just, it's one of those things that uh, his mindset probably has to be ready in playoff situations or it's like, okay, I can do this. And, you know, and, and, you, you know, you know, the coaches will let him do whatever he thinks is best. He never takes really a bad shot per se or a selfish shot, but True. in that series, he just turned down too many open shots. If I may yeah. talk a little bit more about Western conference, about the words, unless one, that's why I, I want to make ask sure. One more playoff yeah, yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. One more playoff question. When Jerry Reynolds is watching a play, because that was the first time you watched a playoff game at home. Oh my God. Right. Because yeah. you, you usually work in yeah. them or you're at the game. When Jerry Reynolds is watching Kings playoff games, are, are you <laughs> are you one of those uh people who get really into it? Like you're you're cussing yelling, at the TV. cussing, getting up, or are you just kind of composed watching the game? How, how does Jerry Reynolds watch I, the game? You know, really I'm pretty composed, yeah. you know, because I, I really enjoy the game. You know, I'm watching the game and it's not sad on occasionally yell at officials or yell at <laughs> Herder for doing this or that, oh. you know, I mean, but, but overall, I think much less than most, you know, I, cause I really, you know, just want to watch the game, yeah. you know, in other words, I, I don't want to, I always say the worst experience watching basketball is go to a sports bar. Yes. I, I, if you really want to watch the game, yeah, you know, and, and I mean, and certainly, uh, you know, the fan experience is, is that, but, for me, I, I honestly, I'd rather be in my lazy boy. Yeah, uh, you know, just uh, you know, six foot from the my TV and and, uh, and all that. So yeah, it was a great great experience yeah. for me. I was like to say, I was just uh, you know taken back to younger years. Uh, this this last season, I was. Um, it, it's been months, and I I was thinking about how I wanted to go back and watch Game Seven because I haven't watched Game Seven back. I. I, I was riding such a high after they won game six in the fashion mm -hmm. they did. I was convinced they were going to win game seven just because of that. But when I kind of reflect back to that series, I'm just, I'm glad that the first time back was against the Warriors yes. because I think the lessons they learned, we talked about with for Keegan, for the whole team, the lessons learned from taking on a team who's done it, who's won it, multiple championships, some of the greats of our game, Steph Curry. I think you could take so much from a seven-game series against him that I think it's going to make the Kings better. Oh, I do too, and I—I I mean, you know, it's great too that th that series kind of captured, you know, the basketball world because it was really <laughs> fun to watch. Uh, two teams, obviously, defending champions at that time, and uh, upstart Kings. There, all the storylines were there, and. uh you know, and I, I'm like you, Deuce. I, I thought after game six, the the Kings were going to win. I, I think looking back, probably one of the worst things happened is Terrence Davis was really key in the game <laughs> six win. Yeah. And I think Mike Brown kept thinking he was going to be a key in game seven, you yes. know. But, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, what, you know, your strength becomes your weakness at, at sometimes. Yeah. Uh that's it, what, sorry. One more thing. Yeah. That's why it's so big for Davion to knock down shots this year because right. Davion, I thought made Curry war. Curry still got to get his, but I thought early in the series, Davion did such a great job, but if they're not going to guard you, we saw on the happen. other end, that's, it's going to kill you. It, it crushes your spacing, especially for a team that was already out of offensive rhythm. And yeah, you're right. I, Brown went with, Hey, let's kind of go with the hot hand. Davis gave us a spark on both ends. Let's see if it works in game seven. It, it did not. Yeah, it was. Um... Yeah, I, yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I hate to second guess a great coach, but I'm going to. I'd have had Davion on that son of a gun mm. in the second half. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, Curry's going to get his, but he, but he might have got 35 instead of 50. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that's all I'd say. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I, I, I know as a coach, sometimes you just, you're you're part of your what you're going into the game this is what we're going to do and certainly i've been guilty of it where you stay with it too long and you look back and say damn i should have done that <laughs> and i i really do think because i think davion 
And and you're right, Deuce. I mean, he needs to get better shooting the ball. Uh, of course, I, I get a kick out of reading about how he's working with Curry's uh, shooting coach. <laughs> and I said, let me tell you something. You know who shoot, Curry's shooting coach was? Dell. <laughs> That's who... <laughs> That's who his shooting coach was. Come on. He's a finished product. Uh, By the time he was a junior at Davidson, you know, he just had to get bigger and stronger, but he was already a great, great. Oh, oh. oh. no. no we, we lo- Cherry, what'd you, what'd you push? What'd you push? Jerry looks great, by the way. I think he looks amazing. I just don't like how surprised you sound by that. No, I just think he, I, I'm, why are you saying it like that? I just think he looks great. Like, I bet, I bet you walks, he's happy, like, he's just looking great. He's living life, man. Tahoe. The retired life, little Tahoe air. He sounds like, like, him saying, oh, I like walks, I love Tahoe, I want to be on my Lazy Boy watching the game six feet from my TV. I'm like, are you deuce in, like, yeah. 10 years? Okay, like 50. Oh, he's calling now. Oh. Hey, Jerry. Yeah. I don't know what happened, but I can't get back on. So oh. Maybe, oh, maybe, man. Maybe Zoom just had to let us talk so long, I guess. What the heck? Oh. No, uh, I don't know what happened. Hey, I think what happened, My our uh, Wi-Fi went out. Oh, okay. All good, Jerry. Yeah, well, let's see. Well, maybe it's gonna come, maybe it just came on back. Okay, here. okay. Ooh. Let's see. Can you hear us, Jer? All right. Oh, you're back. You're back. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, Thank Jer. Thank you so much. Well, for... they, no, it's not your fault. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, there's always with us. There's always something in there. Yeah. All good. I mean, it just makes it yeah. more special. Oh. <laughs> Not that much more special. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> Is it working though? Oh, no. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. You know. Don't worry. This will well, be the last last yeah, time yeah, we yeah. try. I, I'm sorry. If All it right. happens again, don't you worry. Yeah, yeah. We will. We'll just close it yeah. out. But um. <laughs> But okay, so just to finish up the Davion conversation, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just wanted to say when because we were talking about him and the playoffs and just uh, basically what we want to see from him going forward. Like, you got to be able to shoot the ball, not just um, play defense at that high level, or you're going to get sat. And when we talked to him this summer, he this offseason, he was so open, vulnerable, uh, and just honest about it and was like, I have to do better. And I know we were joking about like him, you know, obviously shooting around or um, training with Steph Curry's shooting coach, but you know, he really is wanting to make that difference. And that's what I love about Davion. He doesn't just go, Oh, I have to be a better shooter and talks about it. He does something about it. Or like some guys they just bitch about and they think they should be playing. And I, I do dig the fact that there's some accountability there too. Yeah, well, you know, I, I think that's, you know, part of the reason. I mean, he was got better and better in college and led his team to a college championship. You know, he wasn't a highly recruited player and just kept getting better. Uh, if Davion doesn't make it in the league, it won't be because of lack of work or, or lack of preparation. So, you know, that that's that's a real plus right there. Uh you know, I like I say, I think he'll get better offensively. Probably never gonna be to the level of his defense, you know, yeah. uh, he is a stopper in a league that has very few of them. And, uh, like I say, I think with Davion, the thing that always impressed me with him is even as a rookie, you saw teams scheming to get away from him, Yeah, you know? And I mean, that's, that's really pretty valuable right there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I always remember it's kind of like a Tony Allen in this prime where, you know, before you played Memphis when Tony was there, you you know, you had to do things. Okay, we're playing Tony Allen, so we got to, you know, try to run stuff away from him a little bit or get more screens on guys that you, you're trying to get open. One screen won't do it type thing. So, uh, yeah, I, I think he can be a valuable member of uh, 
the championship caliber team. I do. Uh, I've always made the analogy with him of Kyle Lowry. Uh, you know, people kind of forget and being old allows me to remember, but you know, Kyle started out in Memphis, went to Houston and about his third year, then went to Toronto and it's about his fourth year where he became Kyle Lowry. And I mean, until then he was kind of a small, tough guard yep. that could sort of score, sort of defend and sort of run a team. And, uh, you know, became obviously a many time all-star after that. And I think Davion is on that path. I don't know that he's going to be that. I don't know. It's shooting, as you pointed out, he's got to make the three point shot. Mm -hmm. And of course, I think he's got to develop that floater. True. You know, a small yeah. guard. I, I really believe because he can get in the paint. Yes. Uh, but he's not going to be able to finish consistently. So get the, you know, develop develop the floater, you know, or like a Mike Conley who's developed the left-hand floaters, you know, which really fools defenders. And he's been doing it for 10 years, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, hey, you know, anyway, that's yeah. just some thoughts. I, I think if he's your biggest problem, you got very few problems. That's no, exactly right. And I just love some of the highlights from last year where there are possessions where Davion guards every player on Oof. offense on one possession you're just like this guy is just everywhere he's just yeah he's constantly moving disrupting he's just fun to watch um when we take a step back and look at the west a little bit uh i feel like it's it's a little similar to last year where you you know denver's clearly the front runner to me again at this point after that there's a lot of questions and you know, you can make a case for phoenix if they stay healthy if the lakers if they stay healthy the warriors do you, you feel like they're in it, but who knows? We, we got to see how Chris Paul fits into this. Where do the Kings stack up in your mind? Do you, do you think they have a chance to really make some noise this year and maybe get further than they did last year? Well, I think they do. I, I, I mean, I, they may not finish third. You know, I think they can be a better team and finish lower and have a better, but I think they're better prepared. will be better prepared to, to, win a playoff series yeah. not saying they will but it's a it's a work in progress that's why i've always said it you know hearing fans ah we don't want to be eight or nine you know because you know and get beat it's like wait a minute that's you can't get better till you get in the playoffs find out what you got to do and of course as we learned last year the i think the ninth team the lakers got to the finals and the eighth team in the east got to the total nba finals uh so yeah, you can you can do it from different spots, that's for sure. But I do think they'll be better prepared. I mean, now the downside to me is that uh, there's some teams that if they're healthy are going to be awfully tough to beat. Oh, yeah. You know, in other words, that to me starts with the Clippers probably, you know, and of course the Suns. And, and, I, and I'm one of those that thinks Chris Paul will make the Warriors a little better. I really do. Yeah, for different reasons. Because I, I you know, you know, you guys will tell me if you think I'm finally uh, become senile, but I, uh, I think that the Warriors can't run like they used to. I think the, I, I think I they're going to have. To, I think they're going to become more of a half court team, need a little more structure mm. because they can't just run and flow like they once could due to you know the main guys are older, and Chris Paul will be perfect for that. Well, yeah, you know, he'll, 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 uh, he'll get them in stuff and, uh, you know, uh, so they'll play him if they play more half court. And I think they will, there's no better half court point guard in the last 15 years than, than Chris Paul, Chris Paul will find them. He will create, no, you're it. It's, I guess here, here's my thing. Since we're talking about the Warriors now, it's, will he buy in to whatever that position, that role may be. I know right away we go, well, of course he's starting. Okay, so what is he starting over Looney? Are you going small ball like to start the game? Or does it depend on matchup? Or is he willing to actually come off the bench? I personally don't see that um, from just interviews and so many other things, you know, over the years with Chris Paul. But either way... What you just mentioned about the Warriors, I think they can do all that if the buy-in is there. Yep. Do you believe that that will actually be there? I know we can't predict, but do you think that? I kind of do because, mm. uh, you know, I mean, Chris has to know he's in the last roundup. And and certainly, you know, with I always say with, with the Warriors, 
it, it starts and ends with Steph Curry. There's, there's no better superstar for adjusting and getting guys involved. I mean, he's a, a humble superstar if there ever was one. And, uh, and he knows that he's nearer the end than he was and he needs more help. So I, I think there's a lot of reasons why it will work. I wish it wouldn't. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I don't want it to work. But uh, I, I really think that on a one-year basis, I think he'll buy in. Now, whether he can stay healthy, to me, that's still the bigger issue. I mean, I, I think if he's healthy, I think the Warriors would be better. I really do. Uh, but he's never really been healthy in the last several years, you know, especially in the playoffs. Yeah, and I think the key for them is with – you mentioned their age. they got a lot of old guys on the team. But can Chris Paul – help Kaminga be better out there because I feel like Kaminga's got some upside and you talk about the youth like that's they don't have a lot of youth yeah. he's kind of one of their younger guys still that has some upside just hasn't been able to put it all together I think Chris Paul can be really valuable with some of those guys off the bench to 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 really hold them accountable out there and, and make them better so I, I could see it working. I don't know if I buy them as like a championship team, but they're going to be good. I mean, if Steph's it's out Steph's there. Steph's out there. Steph's ridiculous. That guy is out of this world. And I do put some stock in the fact that the pool Draymond dynamic disrupted <sighs> things for them last year big time. People forget Wiggins missed a huge chunk of the season with some personal things. He didn't come back until the Kings playoff series. So I, I think they're counting on, hey, better vibes play a little different style, add CP3, get rid of pool, that they'll be in a much better like spot, not only chemistry-wise, but just having everyone together in the buy-in. Yeah, I kind of think so. I mean, I'll, to me, I'd you know simplify it this way. If you were going to start the season and you're just wanting to be better next year, you know, and that's really what most teams are looking at next year, would you rather have Jordan Poole or Chris Paul? Uh, yeah, I know. I, I, yeah, I know who I'd rather have next year. I, I, yeah, I think in their situation, I see it. I think the pool thing. I was, I didn't like the trade because it just felt like. I, I guess I, I just have more of an issue that Golden State has had many chances in this stretch run to capitalize and extend this window for themselves. And I think they've missed too many times. They like, can't develop players. Well, Jordan and Jordan well, Poole what developed, and then it didn't work or whatever, and they had to move him. So the Wiseman didn't work. Right? None of their young. No, the guys. Wiseman. The Wiseman thing is what really set them back. Yeah. I think. I mean, you know, Kaminga probably hadn't been what they hoped. Right. I think. I think Moody is pretty close to what they expected. Agreed. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, the Wiseman thing, you know, is disastrous. I mean, it kind of Kings fans can understand, <laughs> you know, the idea of a second pick of the draft really not being what you needed. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, that that's really has. It's really set them back. You know, I mean, I always remember the, you know, the Detroit Pistons uh, destroyed a chance to stay among the elite by having the second pick and took uh, – Darko. Middlesitch and yeah. Darko. And when there was, you know, Dwayne Wade, those guys, I think, were still on the board. Mellow, so, right? Mellow, yeah, Mello, Wade, yeah. Bosch. Yeah. <laughs> they could have had any there. of those guys. They would have so, extended it. Yeah. So, so yeah. But, yeah, it, it's uh, – I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like you guys. I, I mean, I think they're going to be good. Uh, I don't think they're a serious contender. You know, I think they'd be better off, honestly, if Draymond becomes an off-the-bench player. Mm. I think the sooner they get to that, uh, the better they're going to be. Uh, he can still be a very effective, but we, we've we seen him slip the last couple of years. Uh, so, Jer Jerry, I know we talked about this a little bit earlier, how much we dislike when players are asking out, asking for a trade, but we do love talking about it, right? I mean, this part of <laughs> yes. it's fun. So where's Dame going to land? Yeah. Where do you hope he lands? <laughs> Well, if I, in the East, if he's yeah. going to land somewhere, you know, that'd be my, he'll say, Dame, hey, hate to see you go, but go. Uh, do I think he's going to land somewhere? I, I don't know. I, I don't see how it could be uh, Miami. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, who, who do they have to give up? Right. That, that, I mean, the only guys they could give up to get him are guys they can't afford to lose, the Butler and Adebayo.
Goodbye, Jerry. That was on him, right? One hundred percent. What do you mean? People, people are gonna think we're doing this on purpose. It's a great bit. <laughs> it's not. No, it's, watch it's, Jerry disappear. It's from um, an editing standpoint. It's not very fun. No, but it's funny. <laughs> it's funny though. <laughs> Jerry, yeah, Jerry, Jerry. The, Jerry hit a button that time, didn't you? <laughs> I don't know. It's all right. <laughs> so we, we pretty much got to the point. We don't want Dame to go anywhere but the East, but Miami, they don't have the pieces to get it done. I'm with you on that. Um, how about this to wrap this up, Jerry? Uh, to sum it up with the Kings, you're optimistic about what they can do this year, and you think they could be in the mix of things near the top of the West again? I do. I, I mean, I haven't said that. I, I'm worried about teams that were below them you know mm. obviously the lakers were and i i think uh you know you just can't discount them i'd like to discount them but i think you know with lebron still has a game left and i think you know davis can still play at a high level when he's healthy which is you know maybe will happen and of course austin reeves is really good yeah and so they they you know they're they're going to be good they're not going to be eighth or ninth next year and the, the Clippers are probably the most talented team when the two guys who don't play play. Uh, and so if that happens, and then the, the, I'll throw one really out there. I, uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Jerry, they, they scare the they, hell they, out of they me. Scare, they scare me. Yeah. They scare me. I'm excited uh, throw, for them. You know, because as, you know, somebody's going to join the parade and, and they're going to impact things. And I think they could be that team. And it's not to say Minnesota and Utah can't either. Because, uh, I mean, I, so the West is loaded. Yeah. And I mean, and if, I think if the Kings stay healthy, I think they've got to, I really think they'll be in the top six. And 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 the record will be as good. And, and they'll be better prepared in the playoffs. Yeah. But uh and I wouldn't be disappointed with any of that, by the way. I, I just think the West is so good. And the Kings uh, really were lucky last year in the sense that they were healthy when just about everybody else wasn't. And so you can't count on that every year. Yeah, the West is legit. And I just think the league in general has more talent than ever. It just There's not a lot of off nights in the NBA anymore. And I don't know how much that has to do with just pure talent um, even the play-in, you know, I think fewer teams are doing the stupid tank thing. It, it seems like, although I was mixed on the play-in at first, I think it's helped things, especially toward the end of the season, for teams to push to be more competitive. Yeah, me too. I hated the play-in at first. Yeah. I love it now. <laughs> I love it. I, I just like I was just an old man to stay off my lawn, you know. Don't yes. do it. Now, having said that, I'm the same way. I feel exactly the same way about the stupid mid-season tourney. I, I'm, I'm going to have to be convinced because I, I, you know. But the play-in, it, it's, you know, it's made the, it's, it yeah. has, it's cut down on tanking and anything can do that can cut down on that silly crap, you know, which teams. <laughs> Uh, it just it just isn't fair to the fans or anybody. I'm with you, Jerry. We can't thank you enough for hanging out with us for so long and fighting through all the tech issues. Thank you. Um, <laughs> we miss you. Yeah, well, the tech issues that fail go with me personally. <laughs> I think that's me. But hey, I really enjoy you guys, as you know. And so anytime, and it's uh, you know basically my week. I like Mrs. Reynolds says, you know, you do three or four podcasts a week. That's three or four hours a week. Uh, even the lazy as you are, you can do that. And so, and she's probably she thankful a, when we take you away from her and everything yeah. too. She has no problem with it. I'll say that. <laughs> uh, well, well, we miss you, yeah. and we're hopefully going to see you at some point in this season. And we can't thank you enough for taking the time with us, Jerry. Well, thank you, and uh, really enjoy your work. I mean, really, and of course. You know, when you, Morg, uh, you know, on the pregame and Deuce, when you're actually on there, I thought you really, really were good, to be nice. honest with you. I hate to tell you that. <laughs> you know, you, you don't need a lot of confidence building. <laughs> but but anyway, so anytime. And uh, yeah, I can't wait. Can't wait. Be That's, great. It's going to be a fun season. We appreciate you. That's the one and only Jerry Reynolds. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.